Money Matters Wealthy Thinking with Alfred Edmund Jr. For better or for worse, your financial habits are contagious. Learn why you have to guard against financial STDs. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. with Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. Today, we're talking about why you need to understand that your money habits are contagious, as well as the steps you need to take to protect yourself when engaging in financial intimacy. And later in the show, I'll be speaking with Tara Jackson, also known as Madam Money. Jackson, author of the book Financial Fornication, Avoid Financial and Credit Disease, will talk about financial STDs, what they are, and why you have to guard against them. So what is financial intimacy exactly? Financial intimacy is the act of two people literally exposing their financial resources to one another in the context of a relationship, especially a romantic relationship. Just as with physical or sexual intimacy, relationship partners should always be mindful of protecting their health and safety before merging their money. Bonding financially with a love interest before getting a complete understanding of how he or she handles money is a recipe for both emotional and financial disaster. Examples of financial intimacy include sharing a joint bank account, co-signing for a credit card, auto loan, or other debt obligation, and even jointly signing an apartment lease. He or she may seem like a great catch. You may even be in love. But that does not mean you're ready to safely engage in financial intimacy. Some things to consider. How long have you been together? Have you been in an exclusive, committed, and drama-free relationship with your partner for at least a year? If not, don't commingle your finances or make joint financial commitments like co-signing on an apartment lease or a car loan. Complicated and off-and-on situationships don't count no matter how long ago they began. What do you really know about your love interest financial habits? Don't go by assumptions of what you're told, but what you can learn by observation. Does your sweetheart abuse credit cards or use them sparingly? Does he or she honor his or her financial commitments, or do they routinely bounce checks? Does he or she contribute to a 401k account, or do they count on the lottery to fund their retirement? Once you combine your money, your finances will be affected by your honey's financial habits and vice versa. Again, financial habits are contagious. One of the key questions you must answer is whether your love interest is a safe financial partner or a potential adult dependent. If the latter, meaning they habitually depend on others to finance their desired lifestyle, engaging in financial intimacy is a bad move. Also, you need to ask, can you talk about money freely? Until you can have open, safe, and honest discussions about your financial beliefs, philosophies, fears, habits, and goals, it is unsafe for you to be financially intimate. That goes double if you can't talk about money without one or both of you feeling judged or attacked or becoming angry or resentful. And speaking of your financial goals, be honest. Are they complementary or are they in conflict? Can you travel the world in early retirement while supporting your partner's efforts to capitalize a new business startup? Financial intimacy could place both goals, as well as your relationship, at risk. Finally, are you prepared to become financially naked before committing acts of financial intimacy? If either or both of you are unwilling to reveal your complete financial histories and details of your current financial situations, 
including credit reports and scores, outstanding loans and debts, credit cards, child support obligations, and bankruptcies, keep your finances separate. Combining your finances without sharing this information is like having unprotected sex without knowing each other's HIV status. Do not commingle your finances if you can't agree on a plan for handling shared income and expenses. Operate according to your budget for a trial period of at least six months before opening joint accounts or otherwise combining your resources. So here's the deal. Think twice before taking on joint financial obligations, especially early in a relationship. Especially if you're not married, do not co-sign open joint accounts or make shared financial commitments without signing agreements detailing terms of responsibility, contributions, and how fees and payments will be handled. Better yet, just don't do it at all. You can share financial resources in a relationship and on a budget without taking on joint financial obligations before getting married. On the other hand, if you make such commitments and your relationship ends, you'll both likely regret it. The only thing messier than a nasty divorce is a breakup between two unmarried people who are legally bound by shared financial commitments. If financial intimacy doesn't feel good, meaning it doesn't feel safe and healthy to you and your partner, it's better not to do it at all. And if either of you feels manipulated, coerced, reluctant, or anxious about combining your finances for any reason, real or imagined, it's best to keep your finances separate even if you decide to proceed with your relationship. You're listening to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. I sat down with my guest, Tara Madam Money Jackson, to discuss the topic of financial intimacy. Tara is the author of the book, Financial Fornication, and I specifically spoke with her about financial STDs and why we need to guard against them. Well, in my book, Financial Fornication, I talk about how financial STDs are substantially tremendous debt. And so that's derived from when we are financially promiscuous with our credit cards and we have all these financial one-night stands and we get these financial diseases. And one of the main financial diseases that most people get infected and affected with are financial STDs, which are substantially tremendous debt. And the problem is, is that it not only infects and affects the person, but it infects and affects their family, their ability to go on vacation, their ability to save, their ability to pay um, for emergencies or get the things that they actually need. So that's why it's important to understand what it is and understand how to avoid them or to cure them. Many people don't understand that financial STDs are contagious, which is why it's very important to have a conversation about debt, even um, at the beginning of a serious relationship or when you're getting involved financially intimate with anyone. Why is that important that people really, you know, bring financial STDs to light early on to protect themselves down the road? Well, just like with a, you know, a normal STDs, we're getting to a point in society where financial stress almost kills people. So it kills us emotionally, physically, 
spiritually. Um, and so it's very important to have that conversation early on. So one, you can cure them um, or figure out how to manage them appropriately. Uh, most people go into relationships with the debt, but sometimes they don't fully disclose all the debt that they have. And by the time the other person realizes how deep they're into it, they're already bound by the marriage. So it's important to have the conversation because there's certain things that you can do before you get deep into the relationship or if you're already deep in the relationship, there are some ways to cure them or to avoid them. So that's why I love talking about how to get rid of those financial STDs. You're widely known as Madam Money um, on social media, of course, on your website. Um, how did you come up with the idea of, of or the concept of financial fornication? And, and why is that an effective way to kind of educate people about the 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 risks and rewards of managing your money properly? About seven years ago, I was the interim president and CEO of a financial institution in Atlanta, Georgia, and I had several clients that were local celebrities, um, reality TV stars, athletes, entertainers, rappers, and they used to come to my credit union trying to get loans to buy things to bling out on TV. And so when I finally realized who they were and I decided to watch them on TV, I noticed that they always had the conversation about who they slept with, who they were in relationships with, who, you know, what they wanted to get, what they wanted to buy, but nobody wanted to talk about their crappy credit because uh, eight out of ten of them <laughs> had colorful credit. <laughs> and so, you know, what I realized also is that at Hardee's, I remember one year I saw Hardee's selling a cheeseburger, but it had a, a lady in a bikini on top of a car washing the car, and it had nothing to do with the cheeseburger. So that's when I realized if sex can sell a cheeseburger, it damn sure can sell financial literacy. And so what I also realize is that people are more comfortable about talking about their relationships than they are talking about their financial situations. So I figured if we tie both of those in, we can giggle a little, we can relate a little, but we can start having that conversation. And that's how financial fornication came about. Excellent. Tara, how should people reach out if they want to learn more for you and learn more um, about what you offer? Go to madammoney.com, M-A-D-A-M-M-O-N-E-Y.com. I'm on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, at Ms. M-S, Madam Money, M-S-M-A-D-A-M-M-O-N-E-Y. Thanks, Tara. Thanks for being a guest on the show. The next time you're tempted to become financially intimate with someone because of your emotional involvement with them, I want you to remember Tara Jackson's words. But here's some other things you need to think about. Never assume that you can love someone into changing their financial habits. Often we engage in financial intimacy because we really think that the person is going to change as you get deeper into your relationship. Repeat after me. Your love does not give you the power to change, fix, or control another person, period. The object of your desire may seem perfect for you, except for the way they handle their money. No matter how strong your feelings are for them, your love will not cure them of a shopping addiction or make them stop abusing credit cards or make them pay their bills on time. A person who is not financially responsible will not miraculously become trustworthy because you fell in love. Getting financially intimate with that person is putting your own finances as well as your emotional health at risk. You can't force, shame, seduce, or bribe people into adopting your financial values, priorities, and goals. 
Now, you may be able to work together to agree on how you'll manage money and agree on common financial goals and also get some help, professional help, with dealing with your money issues. But people will only change their financial habits for themselves, not to please you and not just to keep a relationship going. Also, be mindful of when financial intimacy is tempting you to take responsibility for an adult who should be responsible for him or herself. We call this an adult dependent. Is your new lover looking for a true partner or a source of interest fee funding with no repayment required? Does he or she expect you to pay their bills, finance their lifestyle, be a ready source of cash, and provide access to your credit cards as proof of your love? Then financial intimacy is a major mistake. From a financial standpoint, your partner may be looking for a parent or a sponsor or a savior, not a real romantic interest or a relationship between equals. Unless you're prepared to be responsible for an adult dependent, you need to back away. Ask yourself, who handled their expenses before you came along? Be wary of getting involved emotionally with a person who is unwilling, disinterested, or just not yet capable of providing for himself or herself. For the sake of your finances, resist the temptation to financially support adult dependents in return for their affections. They are just not ready for financial intimacy. And if you think you can buy love, affection, fidelity, respect, or loyalty from another person, you will quickly find out that you cannot afford it. Never forget the number one rule of love and money, especially when it comes to financial intimacy. Protect yourself at all times. Do not let your natural desire to give and receive affection cause you to drop your guard and neglect your responsibility to protect yourself and protect your finances. Maintaining your budget is your responsibility, and only you can say no to people who want to spend your money for you. That doesn't change because you feel love for them. If you don't have an agenda for your money, your finances will fall prey to the agendas of others. Here's a great rule of thumb for making decisions that could put your financial health at risk, especially in cases of financial intimacy. Would you make the same financial decision if you were not romantically involved or interested in this person? Would the person expect you to or even feel they had the right to ask? If the answer is no, don't do it. I was in love is a sad, sorry excuse for bad financial decision making. And if you're not ready for financial intimacy, the worst thing you can do is to force the issue to save a relationship. And that wraps up this week's podcast. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. with Money Matters, Wealthy Thinking. And I also want to thank my guest, Tara Madam Money Jackson, author of the book, Financial Fornication. Don't forget to subscribe to Money Matters, Wealthy Thinking on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. at AURN.com. Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.